The Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Sid is the author of Approaching the Natural, a Health Manifesto, a certified nutritionist, health coach, and programs director at the Stanford Inns Wellness Center on the Mendocino coast of California. Hello, small steppers. Sid Garza-Hillman here. Welcome, one and all. I know I have some new folks listening to this, and I'm guessing, and I'm going to put some money down on the fact that they're probably from North Carolina. That's that's the that's the kind of gambling man that I am. I am in North Carolina as I um, am broadcasting this, and I want you guys to understand the fancy life of a podcaster. Right now, I'm staying in the house of the um, very lovely uh, woman that I stayed with, uh, Mary, and I want to thank her, but she's, uh, she was associated with the veg fest and I knew her separately also. And she offered uh, a room in her home that I stayed in during this event that I spoke at the triangle veg fest, which turned out to be an incredible event. Um, but I'm sitting on the floor and I've got a drawer in a, in a trust of drawers opened and I've got my microphone stand in that drawer, uh, pulled out and I'm sitting on the floor in front of that microphone. This is the kind of fancy, thing that happens, you guys can't understand it. Okay. And just, you have to kind of do what I do to, to, it's like Taylor Swift. Like people don't know what that's like until you're Taylor Swift. This is a lot like that. Um, if you're just joining me, that's yeah, I no comment, right? Okay. Before I go any further in today's episode, which I'm excited about because it's a really fun episode, but, um, a couple quick things, hearts, uh, go out and my thoughts go out to everybody in Houston, um, and surrounding areas that got affected by that craziness. My goodness. And um, I would imagine nobody down there is listening to this, um, but I'm just sending my, my good thoughts down there. And I did live in Houston for a spell. And uh, not that that really matters because I would care anyway, but it's just one of those things. Okay. So it's, it's craziness and it really is craziness. And all those people are having to deal with some, some, uh, on top of all the other stuff that we deal with in the world, there, that's, that's on top of that stuff. So, um, yeah, so hearts out uh, to that, and also to my good friend Matt Frazier, um, who I saw yesterday in Nashville, uh, North Carolina, who lost his pup today, and that was an unexpected thing, and and um, and uh, I don't know what to say about that, but that's just, I've been there a few times, unfortunately, and it's just one of those things, you lose a family member, and it's uh, not the best thing in the world. Can I just be more vague about that? So not to start on a sad note, because there's still um, the matter at hand, which is, what I do here every week, and that is that that um, I teach people through my my small steps approach, and 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 coming here now, what two hundred and six episodes? Goodness gracious, how to negotiate the world in in the best possible way that treats you well, so that you can treat everybody else in your life better. Uh, my philosophy is: the better you you take care of yourself, the better you do in this world. And does that include uh, times when? these kinds of things happen 100%. And, and that's why I come here and discuss my approach to health and happiness because I believe it's, I, well, I'm just gonna say, I believe it's the best tool to, to, you learn how to adjust and you learn how to be versatile such that when these things come up, because they're going to come up in some form or another, you are not locked into anything. You don't have to quit something that you were doing and then feel like you failed or had to put it on a, a break. And sometimes when things do happen and we, and we do stop things, we never come back to those things. You know, we get into a good exercise routine and then something happens, a trip or something like, you know, a storm or just crazy and we never get back to it. And the small steppers approach is to always make adjustments depending on 
the context of your life to say, I'm going to do the best I can, whatever the circumstances. And, and the understanding there is that the circumstances do change, but what doesn't change is your approach to your life, which is to do the best you can in those circumstances. And that's, that's what I'm teaching you every week. Um, through this podcast. And so, yeah, so, so anyway, I am in North Carolina. I want to thank the organizers to, of the Triangle Veg Fest, um, who did a phenomenal job. I mean, what a turnout. I could not believe it. And I met some super cool people. Um, a couple speakers that I just really love this guy named Cam Awesome, a professional boxer. Um, and this guy, the other guy named Tori Washington, who's a professional bodybuilder and never met those guys. And they're just, just super cool. And it was, it just made the event really fun. And, Saw Ellen Jaffe Jones, who I said was an Olympian last week. Is not Olympian, but she's won a ton of awards in in running. So that was just mistaken in the Olympic thing. But she's a um, very accomplished runner, and and uh, we did a cool athletes panel, and it was so well attended that we they added a second one that same day, and and that one was was well attended. So a lot of really good questions and thoughtful people and very nice people, and it was a really nice event. So thanks for that. Um, so the other quick news, and I'm doing a video on it because I'm so irked, is that my computer, which is only eight months old, died for the second time in two weeks. So I am working off an old laptop right now, and all my notes were on the other one. And so um, as far as like just my kind of show note things that I do. So what I will say is um, my appearances coming up, which are include Portland, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Costa Mesa, and just added this week, um, I got invited to speak at the Tampa Bay Veg Fest in Florida. Tampa, Florida, and that will be November uh, 4th, sure, November 4th. So I'll have links to those things in the show notes, and you can, if you're in any of those areas, again, Portland, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Costa Mesa, and Tampa, Florida, and then Sedona in January of 2018. Um, And so come see me, and I'll be doing talks at all those events and and hanging out for the entirety of those events. Couple little pieces. Did did see Matt Frazier and, and hung out with him, and we actually brainstormed a little bit before the tragedy happened um, with him. But brainstormed on Health Made Simple because we've got some exciting things that are going to be uh, changing. I think in the near future, uh, or just not changing, but like evolving and growing. We always want to keep that thing fluid and moving, and and so that's really cool. We had some really awesome ideas about how that's going to float. So if you're interested in a sort of uh, ease your way in, small steps approach to really, we were really talking about, we always talk about like really what we're doing here. And we're really not doing a thousands of recipes, a ton of variety. That's just not our bag. We are teaching people how to live and very simply week to week. And if you have time to do recipes, that's phenomenal. But that's not our, our demographic are people who want to, who want to just get so used to eating really healthy that they don't have to think about food as much. That is what our thing is. It's not to judge other meal plans because they're appropriate for, for people who want a lot of variety and want to try new stuff. And that's amazing. That's just not our thing. So if you're interested in that, um, it's nomeanathlete.com slash meal dash plan dash system and includes live Q&As and all that kind of crazy stuff and awesome stuff. Speaking of which, smallsteppers.com is uh, up and rolling and running really well. And I'm doing weekly live Q&As and getting very inspired um, by the people who are showing up. Good groups are showing up to the Q&As asking just like the perfect questions. Just what I was hoping. I mean, really grappling with these ideas of of what results are. And, and I'm going to do a, I think my next episode next week is going to be on this idea of results because it really is shifting the way people are thinking about their lives. And I'm seeing this very exciting stuff and I'm getting very good feedback. I was hopeful that that would happen and it is happening. And I'm very excited to see that thing manifest the way that I had pictured it to be. 
And um, and thanks to all the people who who just gave it a chance. I hope that word of mouth spreads after this. But I think it was it's you know it's a weird it's a it's it's unlike anything you've ever done. I'll put it that way in a good way. But it is a, it's a a mindset shifting experience um, that will lead to maybe the results that you think you want right now. But first and foremost is getting your ducks in a row in your in your head. <clears throat> excuse me in your head. Um, and that's what I, you know, anyway, so if you're interested in that, smallsteppers.com, that's what that is. But this podcast is dedicated to that too. And I've been doing this a lot longer than smallsteppers.com. And every week I come here and talk about my ideas about how to negotiate this world in a, in a, in a way that serves you in a much deeper, more considerate fashion. And that teaches you how, well, first of all, that it's absolutely necessary as I see it to learn how to grab moments. I was talking to Doug Hay today about it. It's like, Small steppers, it's teaching, my small steps approach is teaching people two things. One, that that the world is so nutty nut nut that you have to learn that it's about moments, that you've got to see the value in those moments. And then I am also teaching you the actual tools to to steal those moments, to to understand that, that the moments are the things that make a difference because we're not going to get enough, what we think of enough time to balance the craziness of the world. And But the good news is we don't need eight hours of recovery time to balance every eight hours of work. We really don't. If we can look for the moments, we can find these moments throughout the day and we can grab little times to, to reconnect and reground and, and, and remind ourselves of who we truly are. And in doing that, we, we negotiate our lives better. In doing that, we are in a better place when we're around food that maybe isn't the thing that we really want at that time or a little less than healthy. We're, we're in that mindset when we're at home and kind of feel like we don't want to move our bodies, but we do because we we are in more in touch with who we are and the person we are is somebody who, who takes care of him or herself and, and gets off that couch in whatever way. And sometimes that's 30 seconds and that's what that is. Um, so, you know, more on that in, in future episodes. On occasion, I, I throw in interviews um, with people that uh, pique my interest. And this is no exception. Uh, Doug Hay, I've known for a few years now. He's run my race a couple years. I met him because I was on the No Meat Athlete podcast. I've been on a few times now, but the first time I was on there was um, to promote my first book, Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto. By the way, I'm probably going to be doing like a special thing for raising healthy parents, um, the book that's coming out in the next couple of weeks about healthy families. And um, I think I'm going to be offering some sort of like promotional thing that you get if you pre-order. So stand by for that. And and, um, because I want to, you know, if you're going to order the book anyway, it's cool to get a good kind of pre-order bump. Um, So, you know, more on that in a little while. But I had met Doug, you know, through that process, uh, through that show and everything, but I hadn't met him in person. And then he, 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 I went to um, North Carolina in 2015 to work on Health Made Simple with Matt. We were shooting the videos that are part of the program and met Doug and really hit it off with him. And he's a really interesting guy and just one of the sweetest guys. And I say it in the interview that he's, he's one of the most joyful runners I've ever seen. I've, I've seen him now do my race twice and and I've seen video of him too. And he is, he's like a little kid when he runs. It's the coolest thing to watch. Like he, it's a glee. Even when he's just in pain, you can tell he is absolutely in utter bliss when he's on trails and running. And I just love that, that thing in him. It's just phenomenal. But what's interesting is I didn't get, I didn't know him. I mean, I feel like I knew him, but then in this conversation, like all this stuff that I didn't know about him came out and it was just really fun. And, and, um, I'm so glad I interviewed him, and really the reason I drove to Asheville, even though you know I love Matt and Doug and 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 Doug's wife Katie and Matt's wife Erin and and their kids and they're great, um, all phenomenal. And I would have made the trip anyway. However, Doug has a new baby Eliza who I had not met, and so I really like the number one reason 
above all else was to, that I want to see that baby. And so, and so I made the three and a half hour drive from Asheville to, um, over to, um, I'm sorry, from Durham over to Asheville and Black Mountain where Doug lives and got to meet their, their baby. And then also, of course, hang out with everybody else who I love to, uh, but that baby boy. And so just a little thing before I introduce Doug Hay of Rock Creek Runner and No Meat Athlete, um, his baby was with us during this interview and he kept saying, you're going to, is this okay? And I was like, Doug, totally okay. This is the beauty of being a podcaster is that you get this kind of freedom and I, his baby is so dang cute. So there was some pauses and, and breaks and, and I edited them together, but you might hear little breakups or little like the, the sound of the baby. And then all of a sudden it stops abruptly. It's cause I just sort of cut it there and, and, and continued with our conversation, um, which I think is really funny and cute. And, and, she's, and, she, and she's sitting on my lap for part of the time. She's sitting on Doug's lap for part of the time. She's on the floor for part of the time. We just were kind of moving her around all the while eating donuts. Not her, Doug and I. I mean, it's the only way we can keep up our strength. Um, anyway, so it turned out to be a really good conversation and really fun. I knew it would be, but it, but he's such a cool guy, and I think there's a lot to learn from this conversation. It was very, very cool. It was about family and about hard work and about struggle and about pursuing an unconventional life, but yet pursuing the things that you love and all the things that that turn me on and inspire me to come here every week. And, and um, anyway, so that's cool. So without much uh, further ado, I'm going to introduce... Rock Creek runner and no meat athletes, Doug Hay. Enjoy this interview, and I will pop back in at the end to 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 say goodbye uh, to this week's episode. I'm flying back to my family tomorrow. I'm very excited to see them and gone for five days, and uh, I will rejoin you next week. But 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 I'll plug in after the interview. So here is Doug Hay. Mr. Doug Hay, I've started, man. Can you? Can you engage, please? Yes. Uh, honestly, God. I mean, I don't understand. I thought, I thought you were oh, going totally to do that. something. I'm totally <laughs> keeping that beginning. How are you? I am good. good. I'm doing really well. So to set the stage, and I probably did it already in the intro that I have not yet recorded, but <laughs> I am in Doug's uh, office in uh, Black Mountain, North Carolina. And I noticed that like the... Um, the names of towns I was driving here from Asheville last night, they're all just like the greatest, like Southern names, <laughs> yeah, you know, a... Black Mountain. I mean, it's so great. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of Vils. A lot of Vils. This Vil, that Vil, mm-hmm. this Vil, that Vil. Everything's named after a, a mountain or a valley, pretty yeah, much. It's great. And I drove three and a half hours. I've seen things. You've seen I've things. I've seen things. Yeah. Um, and you made the drive just uh, just for this podcast, right? Well, I mean, like... no, because this was something I decided about an hour ago um <laughs> oh, but, the, but the, the real reason i came from so you guys know i was in Asheville to you do too doug to do the um triangle veg fest but the you, real you were in raleigh drove, not in or in durham not durham in yep durham and uh sorry yes and uh durham the triangle veg fest and then made this three and a half hour drive for one reason one reason only what reason was that doug i think that was probably to meet the little girl who's That's exactly right who's, <laughs> it, had, it, had, it had one it had one to one and a half percent to do with you, Katie, Doug, uh, sorry, you, Katie, Matt, and Aaron, and, and their kids. And their kids. Because I've met them before, and they're great kids. They are great but kids. But I had never met Eliza. So I got to meet Doug's baby, who is now how old? Eight months. Eight months old, and she's an absolute doll. This she, is actually her first podcast, I think. This is. Can you hear her? So she's on the floor. This is like, this is perfect for like one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about. <laughs> Um, no, I'm not kidding. Like it's, it makes like perfect sense given you'll see the context of where I'm going with this, yep, with okay. this conversation. But um, I obviously will have introduced you and people probably know you because I talk about you probably in a 
almost unnatural way in the podcast <laughs> and in my vlogs too like your little uh, olive oil in my thing you, yep. have a very, you have a good presence I, I love it i love it when i you know i make a cameo and you, i'm not you, even there yeah. you're not even there you make a cameo. Yeah, yeah a present a presence list cameo and uh <laughs> yeah and and you and and katie uh came at, well we met in person had I been on the No Beat Athlete podcast before you and I met in person? You had probably been on the podcast. I'm certain that you had been on the podcast. A, we had maybe talked. Maybe even a few times. We uh-huh. talked. never met in person until I came out here to do the Health Made Simple stuff with Matt. Right. That, that, and that yep. was two years ago. That was two years ago. Right. right. Then you came out to do my race. Yeah. It was, it was at while you were filming that that you were sharing about your race with, uh, with Matt and I. And That's right. On your podcast. On our podcast. person here at your old house. Yep. Remember we did that in person. Yeah. And absolutely. that was the first day. Okay. And then, <laughs> yes. so, what's oh, that about small steps, you say? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, then, um, and then you invited me out to the race. Right, and then you came out to the race. And you Which came is with amazing. Katie. Mm-hmm. And this is pre-baby. And, um, and anyway, we Actually, really... Actually, little, little fun fact is... <laughs> Sorry. No. Fun, fun fact is we had just found out we were pregnant, and you were actually one of the very first people I think to find I was, out. If not the first, you, yeah, I, I mean, was like within top. Other two. than our parents, you were uh, you were the first. That's person. right, and that was uh, and that was. I'm only guessing had had a lot to do with my personality, and not because you just happened to be staying at my house at the time. <laughs> Everything to do with your personality, uh, yeah, exactly. exactly. And so, well, and we knew that you were you were an expert in raising healthy parents, and we needed to. Uh, to talk to you about that except for we probably were drinking scotch and or beer when you when you told me those, that news and i probably yeah. just said doug you're in it now so <laughs> yeah. let me crack you another yeah. beer and um but we really hit it off with you guys and um like our kids did like we just had the great, best time with you and katie and and this last year when you came out to the race it was obviously such a disappointment that you and katie katie couldn't come right and, and, but i hope next year you know eliza comes too and and uh we could all hang out again because we really had a good time with you guys and we so, did too yeah. it's, it's uh yeah you, you have a very special family and uh and it's so good to see you again and it is it's really good to be out I here hope, and i hope that people are enjoying, <laughs> they, enjoying they, they, the intro they were very aware that there was a baby in the room okay, when they did right. this. And, and honestly like okay we that was the first of probably a few pauses but now i am holding the baby on my lap so this is paradise and she's a little quieter because I think she's happier. I mean, <laughs> More scared, probably just, terrified. She's, yeah, she's a, it's a silence of pure terror. Um, she's like, why is there no hair on that head? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, you have more hair than I do, Eliza. Mm, yes, you do. True. Anyway, so um, it's funny because I have been actually, I've thought about you multiple times to have you on the podcast because in some ways, because of my experience with you, it was, it was such an association with No Meat Athlete. That's how I originally met you was from No Meat Athlete Radio. And mm-hmm. and only till much later did I remember did I find out about the whole Rock Creek Runner thing and your and your your past about that and 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 present about that. You sure. know, that, that whole thing you're doing. Mm-hmm. And we were just chatting earlier today, we went out to lunch and in Black Mountain and and talked about you know what you what you do there. And I'm still finding out about all the stuff that you do. And it's yeah. and it's and it's a very cool. And so just in terms of what I want to talk to you now, and I, I know this is in context of obviously because I'm in the mindset of my book coming out in in a matter of days, really. So I'm very much in the family kind of um, mindset right now. But now you've got a child. I do. And and so it's it's fascinating to me. And I've been talking about yeah. So I've been talking about in in the podcast, and this is gonna. I always sound like I'm an old guy talking about this. It's just that just the, the last couple episodes I talked about an, an article in the Atlantic about um, 
the use of technology in the next generation, the like it's mm. called the I generation or whatever they're right. calling it, and, and just so the high rates, the higher rates of suicide, higher rates of depression, and just sort of how detached we're becoming from um, ourselves as a species physically. You know, we're so mediated by technology and things like that, um, and and so now, as you're now a parent, and your job is not. Um, conventional i guess it's becoming so the weird thing is there's a transition now like your job is becoming a more conventional model of what the, the ideas sure. of jobs are changing yeah, the ideas absolutely. of families are changing uh -huh. so it's kind of an interesting time for me to talk to you because now you're in this thing now you're a father and is there moments where you go are there moments where you think in your head like i should maybe i need to go a safer like uh, now i have a child oh. absolutely yeah really? I, oh i mean especially when she when katie first got pregnant and just thinking about, um, you know, it was it was about three and a half years ago that we moved here from D.C. where I was working a very traditional job with the Fulbright Scholar Program. Um, and, you know, nine to five, regular benefits, every, you know, 401k, everything that you would expect from a, from a traditional job. Um, and, and we took a chance uh, to move down here and then pursue things with Nomad Athlete and, and Katie with yoga and and rocket runner, uh, and, and tried to see where that would take us. And we were like, well, we'll give it a shot for a year and we'll see what happens. And, uh, thankfully that year went really well. And we, we continued to, to see growth and to, you know, to see that this could actually happen. This now, were you, were you, um, hooked up with Matt in DC? Like you met him already? Yeah, I had started, I had been, actually been working with Matt for, um, a couple years on but the just side of the Fulbright thing on the side of Fulbright oh, okay. uh, you know just really minor stuff you know we just kind of worked on some projects together and did did a few things here and I started Rock Creek Runner okay so that's my other question so Rock Creek Runner had already been started before No Me Rock, Rock Creek Runner started as a personal training blog uh, named after Rock Creek Park where I was doing most of my running which is a big park in DC okay um, oh and it's it, so funny because Rock Creek to me seemed uh, 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 Asheville like a, a, a black mountain. Oh, really? I always pictured Rock Creek as like something you conceived of here. Oh, no, no, no. It was That's very so much funny. Uh, Rock Creek, yeah. named after Rock Creek Park in, in the heart of D.C. And that, I was like, that. That's like the only place you can really run trails in D.C. Or I shouldn't say how far away do you have to take a car or something? No, no, there? it was like a block and a half away. It's just this really it's it's amazing park that runs um, basically up the middle of, of D.C. And it's narrow, but there's all these trails in you in a in a pretty sizable creek, and you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, but you, you're like right in the heart of the city. Is it a human-made creek or is it a natural occurrence? natural creek? Natural no way. <laughs> and so, what about? Um, I'm going to back up a little bit first because yeah, okay, what sure. was your like? Where do you? Where, I don't even know where you're from. I mean, this is so funny because I am literally <laughs> finding this out now. So, where are you? Like, where were you born? Your dad's in Kentucky. Yeah, so I was born in uh, Wilmington, North Carolina where I lived for about three years and then spent most of my life in different towns in, in Virginia. My dad's a minister. And, uh, and so he, you know, every five to seven years would move on to a different church and, uh, we would, uh, so we would move, but most of my life was spent in, in Virginia and graduated from Harrisonburg, Virginia, or Harrisburg high in Harrisonburg, Virginia, which is about an hour and a half outside DC. Did you, were you, did you run in high school? I ran cross country in high school, uh, but then quit running in college completely. Got fat. Where'd you go to college? Appalachian State and down yeah. here in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. North Carolina. Yeah. Um, quit, quit running in, in high school or Matt in college. And I, Matt and I met a woman outside of his house today that when he knew her already, but she went to Appalachian. 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, because it's only about an hour and a half, maybe an hour from, from Asheville. Uh, so there's a lot of people and a similar vibe, you know, mountain town kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, so do you learn like, know. like whittling and stuff. Is that exactly. You learn how to make moonshine oh, and cool. you learn how to whittle so those are life skills. Yeah. And, uh, and you enough, learn all are, about how to hunt. You know, which, oddly <laughs> enough, those are so much more usable skills than my philosophy major. Moonshine and, and whittling. The hunting I don't really use anymore. You but can uh, trans- <laughs> you can convert those into dollars. There's no doubt about it. Um, so what did you major in? I made at a double major in psychology and Spanish, okay. so that served me really well. I, I I thought I was doing the psychology route uh, throughout most of college, and then spent a year abroad in Chile, and um, took enough courses there that were able to convert into uh, making it a double major, basically. Uh, so I ended up. I see. Uh, but I worked in the international exchange office for a couple of years, um, and that's how I got paired up with the Fulbright program, which is an international exchange program for, for professors. Um, and, uh, and that was the, so after I graduated, I thought that international education was kind of the route I was going to go and then going to work in DC, maybe work for the state department or something like that. Yeah. And now I, now I talk about, uh, running and, and diets all day. I, well, you, you and I both have had a weird, you know, yeah, I mean, right. I love that. So last night, uh, you were over here with Matt and, and my dad, who's in town. We were dad having, and I were having a bourbon. Having a bourbon. And, a Kentucky one. That's right. Like old, old <laughs> yeah, the real one. Yeah. The real one, yeah. Um, having a bourbon, and you were telling us some stories about your acting and music days, which is it's really cool to hear. It's, I, lo- I love hearing those stories. Yeah, because the business, it's, I, I guess, so the what's interesting to me is that I'm still... I, like you graduated from college with the idea that I, I mean, I played, was playing music, but I always had this like, okay, I have a safe job or a good job. Like that's mm-hmm. my base. Right. And then when I quit that to become an actor, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, because this is so related to, to me, to what happens when people change anything in their lifestyle, that's they're used to something before and they take on something new. There is a very, the ground kind of falls out from underneath you. Right. And, and that's yeah. what, that's what, that's what's, it's not really about acting or music or, or you, specifically what you do but it is this thing of like you move from something that you can you at least you have the perception that you can count on it to something that you can't necessarily Mm. count on yeah absolutely and that's a very um at one time at the same time uh scary uh, but also exciting and and that's the bridge right Mm. and that's the kind of the thing of and now you're as a parent so we'll get back to that anyway but so when did the running in college you resumed or you quit after high school and that was it for college and yeah i quit i i really did not run at all did you all love in running in high school i loved the team the cross country team um ended like a half marathon my first half marathon was in in high school oh, um that's good and i really enjoyed that uh but you know it just wasn't i've like never had the bug like like i do now um mm-hmm. uh, and in college I had quit doing it but when i moved uh or after i graduated I moved to dc um some my my roommate who was just kind of like a random roommate, uh, well not a random roommate, somebody I worked with, and I think he actually listens to your podcast. Oh really? I, I've, I've, I've somewhat lost touch with them. I've somewhat lost touch with them, but um, but every now and then I, I get to hear from him, which is great because we shared a cat, and oh, yeah. uh, and he took the cat. He got the cat uh, in, in the divorce. <laughs> in the divorce, <laughs> you got the it was CDs. Very traumatic, and you got the cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I actually think he listens to your podcast. Uh, so shout out to Justin if he's listening here. Nice. Um, <laughs> What's his um, name? Justin who? Justin Van Ness. Huh. Doesn't ring a bell. Um, but but uh, him and I were like talking about running and he was more of a runner than I was. And 
we decided, you know, we had a few whiskeys, a few bourbons, and uh, decided to sign up for a marathon. And at that point, I was running maybe like three miles at a time at the gym and then yeah. lifting some weights and stuff like that. So I was, I was back into it a little bit, but but certainly not uh, not really doing much running. So after that, I just caught the bug and, and ran with it. But you couldn't have been doing tra- trails at that point. No, did, no, so, no. So, so did you trail run for the – you wouldn't have tra- – I bet you did not train on trails for the marathon. Did not train on trails okay, so for that marathon that? Or, or really the next marathon. And I, um, I just – uh, I ran that marathon and then the Marine Corps marathon the next year. I ran the Baltimore marathon and the Marine Corps and um, read Born to Run and uh, knew that and you know had a friend who who encouraged me to to explore Rock Creek Park a little bit and uh, and then that was it. Like once I started my first trail run, once I did my first trail run, I was like, "This is what running is all that's about." That's how that's how I was exactly and, uh, that way. And, you know, running crowded sidewalks in DC just was not appealing to me at all after right. that. And uh, it's funny, like books like Born to Run, um, the reach of that book was phenomenal. And, oh, and, yeah. I, and I, you know, my philosophy is like, is always say like, I don't change, I don't, tr- I don't help people transform. I help people get more to who they already are. Right. And I feel like books like Born to Run. St- it was the right time and right place to strike a, a nerve that was already in all of us. Mm. For me, it was. I just read this book and I was like, license to run on trails and in minimalist. Right. You know, I was like, that's what I've been look- like you, you're where- looking for it before you knew you were looking for it. Yeah. It's such a weird thing when that hits. And sometimes books are just in that right time. It's like Malcolm Gladwell's like outliers. It's like there's just the circumstances around the world at the time that book like that hits. And there's just no way Crystal McDougall probably saw that coming. No, it was such a. I don't I think mean, anybody I, could have. Yeah. And it, it affected people. Yeah, like I mean, massive. it started a movement. I mean, it, it, it started. Really it, it started changed. I mean, I've been a runner my whole life, and that mo- that book changed my the way that I run. It changed it forever. Yeah, potentially, absolutely, you know? absolutely. And and in part of and also, I think, you know, opening up this world of ultra marathons, which I had heard a little bit about, but didn't really know very much about at all. Um, but just running longer running for distance running for uh the experience in the woods spoke to me at a totally different level than um you know than track workouts or a road marathon i mean it just like just my the adventure part of my brain was just exploding with excitement Uh um about running a ma- an ultra marathon when I read had read that book and I was like I have to do this I have yeah. to do this and so that's that's kind of where the whole shift happened. Um, and Isn't it weird that the the at least for me and I think this is the case for you that like the experience of running on trails really was this um, uh, experience of 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 shedding off all the even to the equipment. Like, I mean I know there's plenty of ultra marathoners who are like equipment junkies, but for me the trek was like. Um, sh- I don't need much right. getting out there yeah. with bear, just you and nature, mm-hmm. and th- and then that's kind of at odds with then you sign up, so did I, for a race that is then the modern world, right, seeping its way into nature, sure, and then yeah. all of a sudden I'm following a training plan, but it kind of it doesn't quite lock up with the experience of trail running at its core, which is right. like you don't want to have even have a watch on sometimes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, just <laughs> going so, exploring, yeah, yeah it's a, it is it's exploring an adventure, you know, and it's, it's yeah. a kind of cool thing. But I've said this about you, and I think you know that already. But you're the ha- you're the not exaggeration, you're the happiest runner I've ever seen, ah. <laughs> and I love that. There's a, a very childish 
grin on your face when you <laughs> uh, in the two years i've seen you in my race like um, you are in he- like way more than i am like i love trail running but there is something i see in your face that you literally like are like a key, your, your face brightens up like yeah. it is like the best thing for you ever you know and it's such a cool thing to watch like you just bounce it's playful for you it's yeah. like, it's oh, like a literally play time for you i mean it that's what that's what running is, especially i mean that is what trail running is and and uh you know one thing i love about your race is is those trails not only is there a ton of variety within the race itself, within the course itself, but it's so different than anything I have out here. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just feel like, I mean, I, I literally feel like a kid in a in a candy shop who, yeah. you know, I'm just like, you know, I can't wait to run down this trail. Uh-huh. I get, yeah, you know, just like hopping back and forth. Yeah, and it's like, it's just absolutely super fun. So, um, but, but it was a bug. It was the bug. And I think I got the same thing as I had done two road marathons when I was 45. And I immediately was like, yeah, okay, okay. Like yeah, what's next? Mm-hmm. I think it was around that time I read Born to Run. Probably I don't even remember the chain of events, and then I was started getting off on trails and went, okay, I'm never going back. Right. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever. I can't say never, but I I would be hard pressed to say I would ever do another road marathon. Mm-hmm. I have I have run a few road races uh, over the past few years, road road marathons. Um, partly just to like check them off a list kind of thing uh-huh. and they just don't i mean you know that talk about that playful smile like they just don't bring that to me right. in the same way that uh that the trails do and you know another kind of exciting part about it for me was that so i've always been a backpacker i grew up doing quite a bit of backpacking oh, you did. and um and did that in college uh and you know you take three days to do a 20 mile route kind of thing right you carry this huge pack yeah, and all yeah. stuff and um for the first time in my life, I realized that I could run that same route in you know in, in, a, day. in a day, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah. with like Much none, none of the stuff, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah, with like a, a water bottle and you know a couple of granola bars, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, this is amazing, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah I can yeah. I can See cover more so stuff. much, yep, yeah, yeah, so yeah, much yeah. ground, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. just go on these really big adventures that aren't that don't take the amount of same amount of time and planning and equipment and all that stuff and it's just such a unique thing that that we have available to us that that so many people don't one don't take advantage of and and two don't even know that that it's a possibility right well i didn't for years you know and then what and so you now you're working in dc and you get that bug right right so now you're working you're running the rock creek (laughs) yeah so right (laughs) so is it just that you decided to blog on it yeah, I just uh, I just decided to blog on it and kind of track my training and kind of musings about running and stuff. And you know, if you look back on my very first post, I mean, they they're about everything. You know, not not just running, but sure. um, everything. And and uh, <laughs> Eliza's definitely making a great cameo in this in this podcast. And you're. Doug is getting like the greatest bicep workout because in the time that he's been explaining this, he's put her down and lifted her up probably <laughs> 10 times. And I'm not yeah. even exaggerating. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, I just started, started blogging about it and, and it got, you know, it started really writing about Rock Creek Park and, and the trails there and how people could, you know, because I just wanted to, I didn't, you know, I, li- I had lived in DC for four years at this point before or maybe three years before I had really discovered Rocky Park and I had no idea that all these trails were right there, like in my neighborhood. And so I was just trying to trying to talk about that and, and get more people out in so it, was aimed, it was aimed for more of a local crowd. It, absolutely. The first first year or two was was definitely local. Did you market it? Like did you tell people I got this blog and Yeah, I mean, you know, I tried to reach out to the other like local bigger running blogs and, and, yeah, and okay. running clubs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and and even now, like uh, some of my most popular 
search engine posts are are just guides to different trails in Rock Creek Park. Oh yeah. Um. Uh. And but yeah, but then it kind of grew and and um I started doing more about my training and less about the park itself and training uh, for what different races. Different. Okay, so at that point, are you doing ultras? Yeah, at that point, I'm I'm uh, pretty soon. Your, after. What was your first ultra? It was the North Face Endurance Challenge DC. How long? Uh, 50K. And then the next year, I did the 50 miler, and that kind of triggered a bunch of them after that. Yeah. Uh, much and then more. What, at that point, what, how old were you? At that point, oh, man. Because you're still, th- I couldn't believe how young you were today when yeah, I asked. I'm 31 now. I'm literally, and... literally old enough to be your father. <laughs> I mean, if I had you as a young kid. Sid, from what you we, are my father. From what we, you, no. I am your father. Doug, I am your father. <laughs> yeah, no. Have to call your dad and let him know. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so how old are you? I, let's see. And how are you doing this training? Of course, you're single I'm at this point. S- yeah, I'm single. No baby. No and, baby. But you're tra- well, I guess but, my but, first but, ultra, Katie was there. We but are we you training like in the morning? Are yeah, you doing was, weekends? Like was, you just get up super early and run? I and... was running in the mornings a lot. I was doing long runs on the weekend. And after work, I, would, uh, I was, so I lived about a block and a half from the park. Wow, and, that's nice. And worked for like, And is this the place you lived before you knew the park was there? Well, I knew the park was there. I just no, I had no yeah. idea what so, was down there. So, you but, know? but you didn't move to this apartment because it was close no, to the park. No, no, so you not at all. by chance, when yeah. you got the bug, we're like, right. oh, and I'm a block and a half away from a trail. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's so brilliant. To like 15 miles of trails, which are all in the oh, city. It's crazy. Gosh. It's crazy. It's like well, that's such like, a you know, I was in New York in May, and I went out with this guy, Bruce Rackon, who, who I had run with the year before, who does running, um, guided running tours of Central Park. Mm. He, I go... Bruce, is it because there's tra- have you ever run Central Park? I haven't. No. Have you been in New York? Yeah. Okay. Next, thing, there are trails that nobody is on in the middle of the day. There's thousands of people running around the reservoir or whatever it is. Yeah. And there are no, there's nobody on the trails. That is awesome. And I said, could you fashion a a 50k trail run in Central Park? He goes out oh, easily. Really? Would that not be the most amazing, that would be amazing. thing? A 50k in Central Park? I could push you out. He goes, you should do that. I go, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> the Mendocino Coast 50k gives me a heart attack, yeah. much less doing what in New York in with the or the whatever. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> but somebody should. Uh-huh. I mean, that would be cool. incredible. Yeah. You can imagine running a trail run. That would be amazing. Yeah, I know. It'd be amazing. I know. So anyway, so back to it. So you, so you got this bug in your trail in your training, and you're getting up. What you have to be at work at nine. I was at work at around eight or eight thirty. So you got up at what six? Yeah, I was getting up pretty early, and and I'd, I'd do probably half my runs, you know, with the sun coming up, and then uh, the other half uh, in the evenings. Just uh, not two a days, but you just mean you. Yeah, it yeah, up. right. I and just kind of mix it up. And then weekends longer. Weekend long runs. Always on Red Rock Creek. Uh, I mean, mo- I probably ninety five percent. Yeah, of my because runs were... otherwise you're getting out of the city, and that's a hassle. Yeah, I mean, I, I so I had this like, right? I mean, there's no part of me that would ever want to get out of the city to go for a run yeah you know i mean of course you would if you want to go to the mountains or something right. like that but um, was there elevation in rock creek there's some uh you know and i used to think that i used to kind of play it up as that there was more but it's just rolling hills so how would you get hills when you were training for an ultra i would do a lot of repeats a lot of repeats on kind of the longer hills that were that were available there and then about an hour and a half away two hours away is uh shenandoah national park which is a pretty sizable national park uh, in Virginia that has some good mountains, and I could get a really good training there. You know, uh, Eric Schranz, the guy who hosts Ultra yeah. Boner Park, he uh-huh. runs the um, 
the parking garages in Sacramento. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'll literally like run the ramp. Yeah, no, I never. There's just never no other way to get hills, you know. <laughs> never had to do that. I've also, you know, yeah, I've heard parking garages and then just like laps up and down big buildings and on the stairwell. Right, right. You know, right. Never, thankfully, never had to do that. But yeah. yeah. So that's the bug. And did the blog grow? The blog. I mean, obviously it grew, but I mean, yeah. Did you know it was growing? I did. You know, I knew it was growing, and at that point, I just started. I met Matt at a Veg Fest. Uh, Matt Frazier, no athlete, Matt. Uh, at a veg fest and started working with him on some new athlete stuff and was kind of watching him really turn what was once a personal blog into a business uh, and I was like you know I could I could probably do some of this and why did you go to a veg fest because I was vegetarian were you <laughs> yeah okay so how'd that happen uh yeah so going back to that um I I think probably every vegetarian will say this and it's probably not actually true but I didn't eat a ton of meat. I didn't, like hardly ever cooked meat. Uh-huh. Um, I would, but I loved like barbecue. I loved a good burger, you know sure. that kind of thing. Um, but then I started dating Katie, and uh, she was vegetarian. She'd been vegetarian for fifteen or so years, and uh, and she just kind of introduced me to the idea mm-hmm. of it. And a lot of vegetarian guys I've talked to have basically the same story, and it's all that they dated Katie. <laughs> and uh, no. so you're right. <laughs> Sid, no. <laughs> sorry, that went south. My Very daughter is listening uh, to this conversation. I'm sorry, Eliza. <laughs> um, no, so that's uh, how it got. That's how it happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's. Uh, I think there was a little bit of trying to impress her, you know, in the early days, and, yeah. and a little bit of. Well, I'm mostly doing this anyway. I might as well kind of call it something else. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I was just curious because I didn't know. Like, I didn't know if that was a thing that happened. You know, later on or. And again, you're still in your 20s at this point. Yeah, I'm still in my 20s. And, uh, and you know, interestingly, so I went to that veg fest, and I I don't remember who was talking, but some vegan athlete was there. And the whole reason I went was to hear this guy because, I mean, I I was really concerned that I wasn't going to get enough protein. You know, that oh, I, right, that yeah, I could... That thing, yeah. that I, could I, I sat on two athlete panels yesterday, and that is literally dominates the entire... Yeah, thing. I mean, and I think I think that is a legit... Like, we joke about it now and how it's a stupid question yeah. and everything, but... Oh, no, it's I mean, a that's fear. like the... It's a big fear for a oh, lot no, of people. Oh, no, no, yeah. It's, and it certainly yeah. was for me. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, you know, so I... <laughs> but I went, and so, you know, like, I, I raised my hand and asked the question, like, all right, I, I run marathons, and... I'm training for an ultra marathon. Am I going to be okay on a vegetarian diet? You right. know, like how naive I was. But, um, but anyway, I met Matt there. Well, so was Matt on that panel? He was not. No. You don't remember who the, the athlete was? I don't. Uh. And it was probably somebody famous that yeah, like I would Scott love Jerk to. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. probably somebody I would love yeah. to know now. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just had no idea who it was at the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, but Matt, I think, had a table there, and I met him there, and we stayed in touch, like on Twitter and that kind of stuff, and then. Uh, he hosted a a running group uh, for one of the races down in D.C. and and asked if I would kind of help organize it with him because I was local, um, and that's how we started working together. And uh, I mean, it started out pretty small and doing some things, but but that triggered the whole idea of turning Rocket Runner into more than just a personal blog. And um, and so I trained, got my coaching certification, and. Um, did some other kind of business training and, uh, by the time we moved here, I, you know, I was really between rocket runner and I mean, athlete, you know, I was pretty confident that, um, that I could make it a career and, and we went for it and it worked out. So, wow. And so, um, how, at the time that you decide to quit your job, Mm -hmm. were you, 
you had a certain semblance of um foundation with matt like and and rock creek runner like it was like okay this isn't like a hundred percent risky this is like yeah the chances are rough but we're not doing like it's not reckless yeah well i mean right i you know i had um set hours like a number of hours with matt kind of thing and i had revenue coming in from i was selling an ebook i think it was the only thing i was selling at the time uh with rock creek runner was uh like a general ultra guide to running your first do you ultra. Still, do you still sell that? I do. It's called Discovery Ultra Marathon, uh, and it still does pretty well. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> this may, so how many years? How many? Do, give me the timeline. You've had Rocket Grinner for how long? How many uh, years? Let's when see. was your first blog post? The first blog post was probably 2011. So it's like, it's like it's it's a pretty. I mean, you've been doing it a while. Six yeah. years. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah but you know, I, and it wasn't until 2014 probably that I thought I could monetize it or so you had you know, like three years before you cut, yeah. cut 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 it right yeah but you still had you had established a little bit at right. least yeah um so i i remember when when i quit my so-called safe job at ucla but um and moved into acting i had th- i remember i had three months of basically three months of income uh-huh. and um so it wasn't like I was going to be destitute in a day, but there was definitely that moment where I was like, well, what happens if three months, but you know, you figure like it's such a relative thing it, as risky as these things are. We're, we're not in danger, you know, like we have family, like, it, you know, there's fallbacks, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's kind of what we, um, what we were, what we were counting on is we had some savings, we had some family, like, Worst case, we could move back home or probably move back to our old jobs. <laughs> like, like if we, you know, if we really needed to. Yeah. Um, and so we, we had given ourselves a year and, oh, and, uh, and thankfully this is kind of, uh, I mean, it just worked out magically that, uh, my grandmother had a house in, in Black Mountain. Uh, so, which is right outside Asheville, which is where we had intended to move, um, that was vacant and, and we could stay in for a while. And so like we, we even had housing for those first few months that, um, rent, like rent free, rent free housing. Oh, your grandma told yeah. you high rent. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, she made, she made us, uh, clean the house. You're like the black sheep. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you can stay here, but, <laughs> right. but no, no. So, you know, so we had like this kind of, it was not a huge, um, like that was the time to do it. We had, we had gotten the saving. We had the house we could stay in. Katie was starting. Oh, uh, part of the reason we picked Asheville is because Katie was starting a, a second yoga training program, um, and uh, starting it here in Asheville. So you know, so we had that going, and she didn't have a job, but I had enough to like, you know, see get us by for a while, and uh, and we were just gonna see how it went. And you know, I mean, it, it was scary. Of course, it's always scary to quit what you know and to yep. move and do something else. Um, but at that point there were no kids and, and it was, yeah. you know, we, we felt like worst case, we'll just move in with mom and dad or something. You know? Yeah. But it's so funny. Like I always think figuratively what you just said is true too, which is, it's always scary to quit what you know and do something else. And again, like that, these experiences I think are so relevant to what happens when you change your diet to eat better. What happens when you start to exercise, when you haven't, you're quitting what you know right? and doing something different. Yeah. And it's, and it is, it, people, under, they, sort of jump into these things sometimes too much thinking, oh, it's just food, but it is kind of scary identity wise. It is kind of scary not knowing exactly what's going to happen when things you can rely on, all these kinds of things. And I remember um when I when I quit my job, which is scheduled, 
right. you know, when you were working at the at the Fulbright, you had to be at work a certain time, you had to come home at a certain, you know, like. So it's just it's just this uncomfortable place of. Lisa always makes fun of me because when I quit my you know the job, I for the first time in my life had nothing nothing I had to do every day. Mm, <laughs> right. So I had a I literally wrote out a schedule. Yeah. I talked about this like think like two years ago on the podcast, but I wrote out a daily schedule. It was like, you know, up at eight, um, <laughs> you know, breakfast or, you know, go for a run, then uh, work from 10 to noon. Uh, and at one point there's like a little line off to the side, like coffee at 1030. Like I, she was, <laughs> you really you had to schedule yeah, coffee. Right. And I felt this need to sort of swing really wide the other way mm-hmm. to go from, okay, everything, my life is scheduled in a sense for me right. to buy the job and buy things external to me. Then I, then I didn't have that to rely on somebody doing that for me. So then I felt like, Oh, I better really go nuts to self-motivate. And I guess I'll get to this later, but I'm noticing, and this is what I've started the, our conversation with that. This is going to make me sound kind of old, but I feel nervous that there's a trend in this new model of jobs that you have more than I do, even because I work at the end full time. And then I do all this stuff also, but I do have a certain base. Um, of you know regularity or, or whatever like a place to go but i'm finding this trend of like the the idea of being a professional blogger or the idea of being even a vlogger because i'm a vlogger and yeah. you are too to a certain not, not like you are yeah but it's work oh yeah and it's totally. like and it's almost harder because you don't have somebody to say hey doug i need you to be here at 10 30 i need you to edit videos for the next two hours like i don't ever have to do a video right and so it's a weird thing like sunday night we'll be hanging out with my family and I've sort of set this schedule myself to say, okay, I post a new video Monday mornings and I record my podcast podcast Monday night. I don't have to do that. Nobody right. said I have to. Right. And it's a very uncomfortable thing. But I think kids, at least this next generation, and not everybody, of course, <clears throat> but I'm just finding this thing where like they don't understand like, yeah, it's a pretty cool thing not to have a boss on one hand. But you've got to work your ass off. You right. cannot get these things. They're not going to be handed to you. Nobody gives a crap. And these things are so accessible like a podcast. Anybody can do it with just a laptop because they come with a program. Sure. I mean, I use. I didn't buy a program. He's GarageBand. Came with a computer. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's like everybody can do this. It makes it even harder in a way because you have to be diligent and consistent and have a work ethic. There mm-hmm. still always has to be a work ethic. Right. Now you have a baby. Yeah. So on top of everything else... You have to make so anyway. I'll ask you. So where where are you at in terms of? Well, let's go back. So you quit your safe job. Do you have that struggle at that point, or do you have enough regularity with Matt that you were kind of in it in the world of like, okay, I'm doing this every day. Yeah. Well, you know, I so at that point I was working much less with Matt than I am now. Uh, I was, you know, still, you know, I still had a set amount of time every week, but it was very flexible. And um, and what I found. And so I and so I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to to really to make Rocket Runner work and you know make it uh, grow and, and viable and yeah. viable sure uh, and what I found was a lot of people were like you know you work from home you like do this online stuff like how how are you staying disciplined like yeah you know, I would I would just be on Facebook all day that that's the question right yeah. yeah right and you know of course I spend my fair share amount of time on Facebook and you know I'm first to admit that but what I found was that I was spending that without the schedule, without the, all right, now everybody leaves the office. I was never leaving the office. You know, it was at home, of course, but I was working way more hours. Oh, you were having trouble separating. I was, ha- yeah, I was working. constantly oh, working. Yeah. And, you know, if we were at home, 
which we were, you know, we didn't have all that many friends. We had just moved, you know, that kind of thing. I was spending a ton of time behind the computer at home doing work. Um, and I was, I, I felt this internal pressure to, to make it work. So I just put all this stuff, you know, I decided I had to be working all the time. And, and what I have in retrospect, what I've, what I've come to understand over the past three years is that a lot of that work was unnecessary. It wasn't really serving the business. It wasn't really helping me grow that much. And it was just, it was kind of like I was working for the sake of working. And, and, uh, and once I was able to separate that, once I was able to say, okay, now it's time to turn off for the night or now it's time to go on and do something else and give myself the leeway to do that and the, you know, give myself uh, the okay to, to be a little more flexible within that, then I was able to, um, I was able to be more focused on the stuff that matters and enjoy it way more. So did you did you have a tendency to um be drawn to before you did this change in your career anyway but did you have a tendency like if you had a running plan a training plan that you got to train for a marathon that you would never miss a thing or were you able to sort of my own I think I've told you but my own thing was like if I had this was a problem for me right. in my own life like I had to follow it perfectly yeah was that a thing that you yeah totally yeah no I put a lot of pressure on myself yeah and I think it's funny because it's such a it's so like listening to you talk it's it, it, it again I'm going to bring it back to the point of my podcast overall which is this idea of of, of trek of a trek into health and happiness but in a way that it kind of, this is a new way for me to think about it, it kind of explains not having this grounded place, all of a sudden you move into this uncomfortable, don't have a set schedule thing. And in a way that's like somebody who, let's say they change their diet, maybe that is explained on, maybe that does explain on some level the tendency for people to go uh, crazy bad out of hell to a diet because it is so like you were going crazy at it because you think this is what I need to do. Right. I don't have a foundation here. I've got to just go all the way. Yeah. And then you realize that's actually, like you said, it's actually like most of that stuff or a lot of that stuff wasn't even the real work. It wasn't even useful work. And I'm going to take that back, make the analogy back to diet and say, that's like learning way too more than we need to know about food. Yeah. But just thinking, oh, we've got to, I've got to be doing this. Right. I've got, and you can do a lot less and actually be better for it. Yeah. I mean, totally like counting all your, your micronutrients. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's like the reaction to mm -hmm. not having a base and not having somebody to tell you what to do. Right. You think I, I, you don't know where to stop. Sure. And and finally, what's the breaking point for you? Where you go? Okay, yeah. I've got to cut this back. Cause was it Katie? Just like Doug? I've never seen. Yeah, you. Like, right. This is I mean, crazy. you know, it was kind of and, great to have somebody in your life to go like, dude, what are you doing? Um, You're, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, like like you quit your job to follow your passion, and here you are. You know not running because you're behind a computer screen all day, you know, you're not never getting out of the house. And, you know, at that point, Katie was, uh, was in a training and doing some teaching, but just a couple classes a week kind of thing. So she didn't have a much of a set schedule either. So, uh, and, and, but she wanted to play, right. I mean, she, she had all this free time for the first time and forever and wanted to explore and do all the stuff. And I was like, no, no, I gotta, you know, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And I gotta work on tweaking my, my website to, so it runs a little smoother or whatever, you know, no one's going to notice that stuff. And I was spending hours in, on stuff that didn't make any sense, you know, in hindsight. Um, and, you know, it got, eventually it got to the point where it was just, it was too much. I, you know, I, I wasn't having as much fun as I thought I would be with it. You know, it wasn't this great experience. Um, and, uh, and I just kind of stepped back, you know, I, I put a little bit more structure, you know, I, I made myself a, a, had to be done by this time every night. Um, or at least, you know, at first it was, um, we have to have dinner together off screens, you know? So instead of me having dinner 
while working at my desk, you know, it was like, all right, let's have dinner together. We'll either go out or we'll cook something and we'll have it. And if I have to go back to work after that, I have to go back to work. But um, grab, grab that time, grab period, that time, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, maybe at first I was going back to work more often, but then I started not going back to work, you know, so then that was kind of like my hard stop time. And, uh, you know, it just kind of naturally added a little bit more structure into the day, you know, I was going for runs at a certain time every day. And, and, uh, once I was able to add a little bit of structure that kind of helped contain it for me. And, uh, and also really helped me realize how much time I was wasting, even though it was time work, it wasn't like time wasting on Facebook, but it was time wasting doing things that weren't really serving me, serving the, the, the business. Yeah, so it's interesting. So what you're basically what we're talking about is you learned how to self-regulate. Yeah, and, and, and but isn't that amazing? Because that is exactly the um, the struggle with you know improving your own life is at, in food and exercise and everything else is how to self-regulate. You learned how to say this was too much or this is not enough. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a tool that is not handed to many people. And I, I mean, I lived, you know, my parents, had, you know, were, they worked and they, you know, I think they taught me basic work ethic and responsibility. But for many, at least in my generation, it's a, it's in within the context of, you know, you go to college and you get a job. And, and now you've got this new thing where like a job can be something like you guys are doing, you and Matt, full time. And self-regulation is absolute an absolute necessary tool to success in life success, maybe right. not in the job success. Cause you could work 24 hours a day and maybe more technically financially successful, maybe, mm-hmm. but not as a father, not as a husband, not right. as a, right. Or not mm-hmm. as a runner. Yeah. And so it is about self-regulation. So how do you, is it trial by error or how do you learn that? Is that something that you're going to want to teach Eliza? Um, <laughs> as she gets older, like, um, because, you know, my message, our message to our children is, you know, find, we want them to find something they love and do it. I, I don't have any kind of, per, I don't say like you should have a this kind of job or this kind of job. It's like, I hope they find something they're passionate about. It's all I care. Right. But they're going to have to As understand. long as it's a doctor or a lawyer. Exactly. And as long as enough money f- to support me when I retire. Yeah, period. That's exactly. the only three things where they marry somebody who's wealthy. <laughs> yeah. Period. Period. That's it. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but this idea of which I've never actually even communicated. And now that I, in this conversation with you, it's an interesting thing to think about of teaching an added, an added tool of, Hey, if you decide to do something in your life that is, you know, own your own business or something like you, you know, which is essentially you own your own business, but in other words, you don't have employees, you don't go to an office, you're out of your house. You have to learn to succeed in your life. You're going to have to learn to self-regulate. You're going to have to not only learn that you need to work actually, because it's a job, but also that you're going to have to be able to cut out, cut off, too. Mm-hmm. I notice in my own progression with regard to plans and things, and I've definitely improved and Lisa will back me up on that, but I am not all the way there. So like, you know, for those of you, you now listening, you know, from the intro, hopefully, but I'm in North Carolina, my computer brand eight month old computers died twice. So I'm working off an old laptop, my computer that I gave to Apple, uh, to fix the second time. If you hear, I'm like, so I'm vlogging, like dissing Apple. I'm so pissed at them right now, but, um, <laughs> has all the information on it and my, uh, video editing program. So I can't do a video this week when I usually do a video. That's so I, hard. Yeah. It, and it is, but it shouldn't be, I mean, right. I'll be a few days behind. It's right. a drop in the, I don't have, I'm not freaking Casey Neistat with 7 million, you know followers and even if i did whooped like it's not the end of the world but it's so i've been thinking about it almost like three or four times today i've probably thought okay i should get back and video and edit the video tonight oh wait i can't 
Mm-hmm. I can't post a video when I usually point post a video. Mm-hmm. And it's just this weird thing. It's self totally just something I made up. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a constraint I put on myself 100%. Nobody ever told me to when and where to do videos right. or whatever. But it's how do you grapple with that kind of stuff but also maintain enough engagement in your life to cuz I Ultimately, I do love vlogging. It's something I enjoy, and I don't want to lose that. And I think there's a fear in me that goes, if I don't stay on this schedule, then I won't do it at all. And I don't want these people who go, like, I love this thing, but I don't do it. That goes for music. That goes for eating well. That goes for running. And that goes mm-hmm. for spending time with my family. All these things, you want to stay engaged, but not too much, not too little. It's that balance all the time. Yeah, right. And, you know, and using the video for as an example, or, you know, basically everything I was doing with Brock and Gunner, part of what would makes you successful as a vlogger or rocky runner successful or an athlete or small steppers or whatever you know is that is that you're showing up you know and that you you are consistent because like you said you know everybody can make a video now and everyone can post it and edit it on their computer and film it on their iPhone right um but most people don't because it's hard work and uh or they do once or twice and then you know, and then their computer gets a virus or whatever, and then they never fix it. And and that's just the end of it. Right. And so, you know, if you want to, if you want to do something like that, and I think that not even just internet stuff, but if you want to be successful as a runner or whatever, you have to show up day after day, you have to commit to, to do putting in the work and, uh, and having a schedule and being motivated and disciplined in a way. Uh, The, you know, the tricky part is not taking it to the extreme, like what we were talking about. You have to also show up and know yourself enough to go like I showed up today, but today's not my day, right? And I'm not doing it today. It's just and it's going to be too stressful thing, to do right? it today, or, or you know, or this I could I could edit this blog for for 30 hours, you know, but is it going to be any better than if I just edit yeah. it for an hour? You know? Right? Yeah, that was a struggle with music. There's a point I described like you're mixing a song, mixing a song, you get to a top, and you can and you gotta let it go, right? Because you can then keep mixing it, and you'll you'll just mix it forever. Right. You'll never, you have to let it go. And it may get better a little bit or it may know. not get better. But you know, you're just <laughs> tanking. Yeah. And, and you have to know how to, how to not go too far. That's mm-hmm. the trick. Um, and, and for me, it's like um, just this idea that, that somehow not, and, and, and we also, and, and part of this whole thing is we have to be, we live in the modern world. We live in this crazy place where you mentioned like computer viruses. Like the fact is my computer died. I'm not the only one, even though I was like a little baby that were making fun of me at the Stanford and this guy's guys like seriously said, you're talking about all the time. I was just so bothered. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so he goes, you look sad. I was, I was like depressed. I mean, I'm so like, you know, I've got my stuff on my laptop and I'm sitting there like not being able to do much. Um, but these things happen. And I think the health of our, or at least the, our ability to be healthy and happy in our lives is also dependent on our ability to be versatile and to be adaptable and to say, okay, well, we can't control my computer dying. I can't control. It just happened. I mean, it's not right. my fault. They already corrected it once and the same thing happened again. It's some weird thing. And the chain of events that that causes of me having to drive two and a half hours to the Apple store and me not being able to do my video, uh, my video when I do, I, that's me. That's on me. Right. My my reaction to that is 100% on me. That's not Apple's fault if I get pissed about it. That's, that's on me because I can easily just be like, so it goes. I'll do the video in a few days. And I think that that's me deep down when I'm kind of calm enough to realize when I have a little perspective, I go, so I don't do a video like on Monday, not the end of the world, except for that I've thought about it like five times today and, and like gotten stressed about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's it's totally on you. And and uh, so like for me, when I was when I was... First, when I first moved here and I was just engrossing 
every moment of my time fully engrossed in, in work. Uh, you know, what, what kind of got me out of it was, uh, was Katie, Katie finally convinced me to start tracking my time. And so, you know, I downloaded a free app or whatever and like tracking what exactly what I was working on at every moment. And, you know, after a week or even a couple of days, I was like, man, I'm just spending an enormous amount of time on blog posts and, or whatever it was, you know, and, um, and how much are they really helping me out? Like, or, you know, and do I really need to be spending this much time on that? And yeah, exactly. What I found was that I was spending all this time on things that weren't all that necessary. And that was, that was when I was able to step aside and say, okay, you know, I am wasting all this time and I should be refocusing my energy elsewhere, or I should be like, yeah, it's enough. Let's go, let's go on a hike. Let's go for a run. Let's go have a beer somewhere. And, um, and once I was able to do that, and and I still struggle with it. I mean, I struggle with it all the time. Everybody does, uh, and especially if you are, you know, self-employed or own your own business. Um, but you know, when when I'm able to do that, I'm so much happier and uh, and so much better off for it. And the business is too. Um, well, yeah, because you end up working on the minutiae. You end up doing things that aren't super useful. And I mean, we were talking about that today with Matt. Just he owns his own business, and you know, it's your it's you. You know, and you're so connected to it. But if you can't let go of some little things, all three of us, you know, then we mm-hmm. we lose the perspective of how to sort of move our business forward and actually get the message across that we want to get across. Right. We actually it actually prevents the business in many cases. Yeah, the more involved you are on that level, and that's the struggle because it's just there's nobody to. T- so people understand like. I manage people at the end. That's the that to me is still the hardest job. Mm-hmm. I mean, managers, in my opinion, should get paid more because mm-hmm. when you have to do certain things yourself, but then also manage other people, the it's very difficult to do. And likewise, when you are managed, it takes some of the heat off. Like if you're working for a company owned by somebody else, you have a lot less pressure on you. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I no, mean, absolutely. period. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the, the added pressure when you're the person that it falls upon when it's your name associated with whatever, mm-hmm. if Rock Creek Runner does something crappy or one of your training, somebody gets hurt on one of your training plans, they don't blame Rock Creek Runner. They blame Doug Hay, right. you know, Absolutely. and, and yeah. that's on your shoulders, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's this added stress of that whole picture. That's a very um, growing thing in this new economy. Right. It's not, you're not an anomaly anymore. There's lots of people doing these kinds of things more and more, you know, yeah, yeah, and um, it's just a really interesting model. So yeah. now um, let's kind of come full circle. Now you've got this baby and how has that affected you? And now as a parent, how has that changed your perception of yourself, your business, your work with Matt, your, um, you know, maybe your, your, drive to take risks or not how's that how's that uh, the example you want to set for eliza mm-hmm. see the, so there's like this thing of like well i should probably be safe for my child but then i don't want to set the example that you always have to play it safe i want my child to understand like it's okay to to chase what you love you yeah, know the, the, yeah. The, how do you balance how do you balance all that stuff i mean it's it's tough and i'm very much still figuring out i'm a newbie to this whole process um you know, I mean, one of the first thoughts I had was after we found out we were pregnant, and it, and it wasn't. I was a, one of the first people who found that out. You know, that <laughs> yeah. and just for the record, <laughs> and Doug and I, by the way, I'm going to interrupt you for one second. You make a great coffee. 
Oh, thank you. Really good. Oh. And we're enjoying some donuts from Vortex Donuts in Asheville. It's so good. And they're really good donuts. <laughs> this is the first time you I've had can, coffee and donuts over. during a podcast. I know. You, should, you can come over and podcast anytime oh, you want. If yeah, you go and bring donuts. <laughs> anyway, so go ahead. Um, you're certain you're a newbie to this. And... Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely a newbie to this. And I'm still trying to figure it out. But one of the first thoughts that I had when we found out that Katie was pregnant, and it wasn't a surprise when we were trying, you know, it wasn't like a, a surprise, um, was holy crap i should get a, a traditional job again like uh, oh really yeah. it was yeah wow. absolutely wow. yeah I, I was you know i need the the stability which in hindsight again i'm going back everything's 2020 in, in hindsight but um you know <laughs> the traditional job is not really as stable as as uh as people want it to be right as, as we think it is in our head you know in some ways i'm in more control now than I ever was uh, working for a company because, you know, reorgs happen. Well, and that that whole model, even in the so-called, like you're totally right. My dad worked for Continental Airlines for 27 years. That's not typical now. No, not at all. I think people are changing jobs. Jobs are changing. Health insurance is crappy. You know, there's all these kinds of things, you know. I mean, you know, there are a lot of, of... or people are staying in jobs they don't like because of health insurance, you know, and then they're miserable and then they're not doing other stuff. And it's just the whole world is changing in that way. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, and the irony is that that was, you know, I, I was, I, my initial reaction was that I have to find one of these traditional jobs, you know, but of course I didn't. And uh, I'm so glad I didn't for many reasons, but um, you know, but I, when Eliza was born, it was a shock to the system as probably every new parent experiences of, of how they, their loss of free time, I guess, and their loss of kind of flexibility. So there was really no way for me to, to work all night anymore. You know, I mean, I had to, um, I had to, and I wanted to be a supportive father and a supportive husband, um, to Katie, who was, you know, who was up all night for those first few months and, uh, giving so much of herself to Eliza, you know, I had to, uh, or I wanted to do that as well. Um, and so now I certainly reprioritized how I want to spend my time and put additional pressure on being able to, or, um, pressure on, on structuring work hours and play hours and, um, and that kind of thing. And probably financial pressure. And financial pressure. Right. And Absolutely. It's yeah. like that hunger. And I just don't know. It, you know, it's such a, again, I always talk about being uncomfortable and it is uncomfortable, but I don't know. Part of my, Lisa and I were talking about this recently. Just, we went on vacation. It was like so clearly something we couldn't afford, you know, and, and, and we wanted to make sure the kids understood, like, we wish we could do this all the time, but we, we want them to very much understand why we can't. Right. And be okay with that. And right. just understand like there's struggle associated with doing what you want. And that's uh-huh. not something you'd ever want to necessarily want to make go away. Right. You know, yeah. if you accept that as a part of existence, as you accept that as a part of an engaged existence, you're not going to fight it. Yeah. You're just going to be like, yeah, this is, it comes with the territory. Doesn't right. feel good, but it comes with the territory. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And adding a child into the mix just amplifies that whole thing. Yeah. And I think you were already there with that stuff. You'd sort of already gone through that tradition transition. Now there's another transition with yeah. the child. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and then there was soon after Eliza was born, we decided we wanted to leave our, our apartment and decided we'd start looking for a house and then you know, we bought a house. Now there's all this extra pressure on that, you know, but, but we wanted to have this space that felt really comfortable for, for Eliza and this place that she could grow up in 
and we could be excited about. And, you know, I think that it's, it's just really funny how, how being a parent changes your perspective on so many things and your, your priorities and it's cliche and, and everything, but, um, but it's true. I mean, it's true. Yeah. And I'm sitting in the house and I will tell you, like, I'll just be honest because I want to be transparent. The house is not that well the best part of the house is the shelving in the living room <laughs> that's like the only two things i liked were the shelving on the left side of the fireplace and the ones on the right side you know I'll, I'll take that because that's, that's, the, that's the one part of the house that i built myself <laughs> doug built shelving and he's so proud and he did a really good job and i have to commend him on that i i don't uh do things with my hands um period anyway well this has been really nice and i'm glad you you and eliza joined me for this it's a uh, um it's cool. It's like I felt like I knew you, but then there's all this new stuff I didn't know about you. And yeah. um, and again, for whatever reason, we're in each other's lives, and uh, I'm very thankful about that because I consider you a good friend, and I and I hope that we can you know keep up. And I'm just super happy that I was able to come uh, out this way for the Veg Fest and be able to make it to you to meet her. Yeah, and to see Katie and yeah. everybody else. So, so anyway, I I consider you a great friend as well, and and it's an honor to be on your podcast, and it's an honor to have you in my home and and to introduce you to Eliza. And, and this was a really fun conversation, and, and I hope that I hope the listeners enjoyed the little talking in the background and it wasn't too distracting. Yeah, Doug and I, if you guys haven't heard before, we did a um, I don't know if they would have, but we did a a, a health cast for Health Made Simple where Doug was filling in and it was a slash podcast for No Meat Athlete, mm-hmm. right? You right. were filling in for Matt because he was sick for the podcast and I was filling in for Matt because he was sick for the health cast and it was the same recording that we used for both things. Right. And Doug, had they had just had Eliza and like every few minutes he would lose his train of thought because he had you had had you were on like two hours of sleep or some crazy yeah, thing something anyway, ridiculous. and so so this is sort of the next incarnation of that podcast yeah, so now no. the baby's here and, and she, now she's, she's says, a part of it next it'll be like she'll be 13 and just <laughs> dad and I'll just be there. are you done yet <laughs> just interview interrupting us every five minutes anyway well it's great so how do people find you uh yeah you can uh, find me at rockcreekrunner.com. That's rockcreekrunner, all one word, all dot one, com. Yeah. Yep. And you and have training plans and you and you do personal running coaching. That's right. I do one-on-one coaching. There's uh, ultramarathon training plans and... Next level runner. And and general running advice. Uh, Next level runner is kind of my general runner And of course, program. you've got Trail Talk Podcast. Trail Talk Podcast. And then, of course, uh, there's a lot I'm doing on, on Nomad Athlete as well. So you can uh, find me... On the Nomad Athlete Radio podcast and on nomadathlete.com. And which I think I will be a guest on pretty soon because we're going to talk, be talking about the new book and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so absolutely. Cool. You'll uh, you'll be on there in the next couple of weeks. Right on. So, so right. congrats on the new book, by the way. Thank you, Doug. And uh, I... He's looking at a reader advance copy right now. So he's got I to know, see it. It's just it's perfect time in my life. Yeah, I know. I wrote, I wrote it for you. I, I, I was like, <laughs> Katie's pregnant. I got to get to work. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I don't want to let them parent without guidance. That'd no, be crazy. I'm <laughs> <laughs> joking. Anyway, thanks for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, Doug. Hey, how was that, huh? Was that a cool conversation? He's such a great guy. It was very sad to uh, to leave those guys, and it's just hard to be all the way across the country. And uh, but that's what that is, and uh, that is one of the benefits of technology is I get to still talk to them, and sometimes even see them on video chats and whatnot. But anyway, there it goes. So uh, thanks again to North Carolina, uh, the state, and the Veg Fest, and everything else. And I will be back next week. If you guys have any questions or comments or anything like that, or just want to share your small stepper experiences, um, yeah, you do that by doing podcast at sidgarzahillman.com. That's podcast 
at SidGarzaHillman.com. Anything social media, et cetera, you can go to SidGarzaHillman.com and check out links to social media, buy cool podcast merchandise like Nutty Nut Nut t-shirts and mugs and uh, What Would I Do bracelets and Approaching the Natural t-shirts. You got, I think you know the story, right? Put in your email in there and um, get a free chapter of my first book, Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto. And please pre-order Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a thriving family. And uh, what else do I have to say? Nothing. Hey, listen, can you guys do me a big favor? I, you know, I meant to write this down, but I hadn't. Until next week, if you, each of you listening to this um, could just do me a quick, quick, quick favor. I'm sorry to bug you about this, but, um, oh, I don't know what. Be well. with me a slice down memory words were all commandeered and in a fountain they wrote all I could see was a childlike offering caught up with me Faulted and withering Bound by nothing at all It chose his time to be seen And it was all I could see How many ways will come The day goes downhill, so it goes downhill, so it goes downhill. How many days will come? How many days will come? days will come and will come creeping